Hey everybody, welcome back to Daily Notes presented by Almost Sideways. I'm your host, Adam, and I'm really excited because I have an awesome guest joining me today. And we're going to have a nice sit-down conversation talking about a bevy of different categories. And that guest, of course, is my good friend, Rachel yes. of YouTube. In today's conversation, we're going to embody anything, how she got into freelance writing and her YouTube channel, as well as the many podcasts platform she does have and her drive and love for what she does we're also going to move in to talk about some sundance movies that you should definitely be checking out and also when she got approved to be a rotten tomatoes critic we're talking about how that process happened and kind of the price that does come from being a rotten tomatoes critic and all that today is going to happen in this episode it's a lot of fun conversation and if this is your first time listening to the podcast thank you so much for stopping by taking the time to be here if you guys are able to please leave a comment and review down that really helps the podcast grow and, if, and you're coming over from rachel's mini platforms thank you so much for stopping by and taking out the, checking out the interview without further ado let's meet rachel right now yes this is so exciting thanks for having me yeah i'm, I'm really excited to dive in and start talking with you again because it's been a long time i feel like uh, yeah appreciate you taking some time out and joining the conversation with me. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me. It's be great. I'm looking yeah. forward to it. Uh, okay, uh, some people might not know where what kind of stuff you do, so can you feel free to plug all your, your channel and your Twitter. Yeah, so I, I'm kind of a little bit all over the place, I admit it, I, uh, but I am working both to become, uh, how do I say it? I am a film critic and a podcaster, Mm-hmm. And I uh, I have a couple different podcasts, but the main one that I have is the Hallmarkies podcast. It's the one that's the most popular, and we cover all the different rom coms and uh, and holiday films that come out on Hallmark, but on other channels as well. We have so much fun. We cover all the Hallmark television shows. Uh, like when calls the heart and it's great. I love doing it. I also have Rachel's reviews, which is part of my becoming a film critic, uh, both on the, um, I have my written word at rachelsreviews.net podcast slash YouTube channel, Rachel's reviews. So it's a lot of fun where I just cover, especially animation uh, is my sort of, is my true love. <laughs> All that stuff guys will be in the description box in for the podcast and uh, yeah so definitely check her channels out and i'll make sure her youtube channel is there and her uh, rachelreviews.net channel is there as well and yeah i'll throw in the hallmarkies podcast as well so you guys you'll, yeah. you'll find her wherever you are looking for it you'll find rachel wagner so <laughs> jump into it real fast because i know you're from in utah and i know movie theaters have slowly opened up during this crazy 2020 that we've been having uh, so I guess quick question, because up here in Washington, the theaters, we have like one movie theater open and that's an AMC. But what's the experience like in Utah for the, these movie theaters opening up? Well, we've actually been open here since since June. Oh, wow. Uh, so, yeah, because so, we were one of the, the safest states in the whole country by pretty much all the criteria. They they opened uh, in uh, in June for the most part. And now we are completely, the only theater not open is the, the indie theater downtown, which to be honest, I don't know why they don't just open because okay. uh, everything, everything has gone really well. There hasn't been any spikes since 
since they did open uh now completely all the cinemarks are now open that was kind of the last big group to open and seems to be going really well and uh yeah so i feel very blessed to to live here yeah that uh we handled i think the the uh covid and the lockdown and the other thing really well uh Mm -hmm. it's a bipartisan initiative between the democratic mayor of salt lake uh, the governor the republican governor and the task force that they assembled and i I think it's a a pretty remarkable i mean i'm sure people can find flaws but i've been pretty impressed with the local leadership that we've had uh that has helped us to be able to be one of the safest states in the whole country yeah that's pretty awesome yeah being up Mm -hmm. in washington it's where the numbers were one of the highest when we first started, obviously other states are a little mm-hmm. bigger than they've taken over. Our theaters aren't still open. We have like some, a drive-in theater that we've been going mm-hmm. up to in Bremerton. And I, we yeah. saw a couple of new movies. We saw like new mutants last weekend and that was a lot oh, of fun. No. And it's yeah. been really safe and everything. Yeah. But like this week, Tenet comes out and yeah. I was planning on going to the drive-in with my wife yeah. to go watch Tenet. However, because that movie is like a, like a big spectacle the guys the guidelines for that movie you can't release it in drive-ins if the local indoor theater isn't uh, open yeah and so that county the theaters aren't open no no movie theaters are open even close to that so tenants yeah. not playing up here at all other than that one theater i'm not maybe it's a shame maybe too no. because i actually i was thinking about it today that i think tenant might actually be more enjoyable at the drive-in because then you could control the sound yourself uh, and have it as loud as you want the the sound was a major problem for me with tenant yeah. and uh, it was it was like going to a hard rock concert but the same sort of notes over and over and over and over again and to just the point where you just you feel kind of sick i don't know it, it was not a pleasant experience and and all, all of everybody in my party felt the same way uh, as far as the sound it was so loud you yeah. couldn't and you couldn't hear what any of the almost you could hear almost nothing of yeah. what any of the characters were saying you're supposed to be able to follow this mystery clues and everything and the whole time for nearly over two and a half hours you're blah blah, blah. <laughs> you're just like ah it's ah. horrible it's yeah. horrible kind of makes for uh, a miserable experience yeah and so i think it would be better at the drive-in you could just turn it down and get some relief yeah um, i thought it was uh the only downfall i guess going to the drive-in like when we were watching new mutants there was there scenes in the background yeah like you can't really tell the detail in the background of stuff so yeah. much. That's the only really downfall for it. But like, I don't, I don't know, maybe because I haven't been to a theater and seen a new movie. I really enjoyed new mutants quite yeah. a bit and I, I gave it a too. positive review. Me too. I know people didn't, a lot of people didn't like it, but like, I thought it was, it could have been a lot worse. And I, maybe that's why I enjoyed it so much. Cause it's yeah. really bad. I had fun with it. I gave it a positive. I'm one of the positive scores on Rotten Tomatoes. So two so things we'll talk do? about a little bit later in the pod uh, for sure. Rotten Tomatoes and probably your most likely your review for Tenant. You opened up with saying that you were, you know, you had so many different things. You have your RachelReviews.net. Yeah. You have your Rachel Reviews YouTube channel, which that's actually where I uh-huh. uh, met you through. 
I don't know if you remember this, but there was a video, I believe it was coming of age films. And I made a comment on there when I was doing the almost sideways YouTube channel. And I just mm-hmm. said something like breakfast club is one of my favorite. And we kind of slowly kind of like started talking. Like we just found out like we both had this love for Disney and everything. And we just kind of, mm-hmm. and we eventually did a collab slowly based off that little interaction. Mm-hmm. And that's re- re- really where I re- met you from. So I thought that yeah. was uh, something cool uh, to talk about. Um, Yeah, that was really fun. I remember that too. And that's been one of the great things about becoming a podcaster, content creator, is the people that I've met along the way, especially because in my real life, most of my just friends have always been girls. And one of the cool things about becoming a YouTuber has been be having all these guy friends because <laughs> uh, yeah. there's not as many girls that are in the film and mm-hmm. so that has been kind of fun to get to have all of these friends and you know people think oh it's just sort of shallow relationships that you have online or whatever but especially when you're doing it as long as i've been doing it uh yeah. the friends actually really do matter and they've uh, helped me a lot to get through this quarantine time because i've been all alone and yeah. as far as in my real life and uh, especially the first three months I was completely alone because they were worried that I had the virus, but then I didn't have the virus. And oh, that's right. You did so, have that scare. Yeah. yeah. And so thankfully I've been, I've been healthy, knock on wood. I've been very, I don't know how I would have gotten through it without my friends, uh, online friends. Yeah, that's uh, one of the things when I first started doing YouTube as well, it was that I was just doing it with no expectations of mm-hmm. talking. I was just doing it really just to share my love for movies. If anybody watched, they watched it. They didn't, they didn't. And then I just, you know, I met people. I met, like, obviously we had Durbin on us, the first sit down mm-hmm. conversation. And we brought you up quite a bit. Cause I think you kind of, yeah. you and Sean Chandler and Durbin and myself and a bunch of other people were all kind of like, always like in communication with each other. It seemed like, yeah. And are all always like working with each other or talk, you know, they're yeah. we're all connected somehow through YouTube and our love for movies and similar interests too. And that's something I would never have expected at all. Yeah. And I think that's so cool because like, I'm up in Washington, you're in Utah, Durbin's in California. We have a girl yeah. friend, Sean, who's in Texas, people in Florida, all of, and not, and that's just in the United States. I've met people through who are in Australia. Like I have a really good guy. He, he used to have a channel, a Steve from the rewind replay. Like he was in Australia yeah. and, him and I still talk, even though we oh, you do? don't do it on YouTube anymore. And that's just the power yeah. of like the yeah. connection of these, our love for our, our self or our enjoyment of film. That's why I guess. Yeah. Say. <laughs> well, say hi to him for me. I've wondered how he's been doing in general, a really positive experience and even the difficult experiences, mm-hmm. the, the friends and uh, support that you get really, can be quite uh touching uh so i've been grateful for that and uh yeah i mean i think of the the friends i made at hallmarkies podcast with uh the co-hosts that don't dedicate so much of their time to making it all work and i i I can't believe that people are willing to do that and uh it blows my mind i don't know just all the great people that i met along the way the incredible interviews i've been able to do i just feel so blessed and i'm grateful because i have a part-time job uh where i basically i work in social media handling the twitter 
and Facebook for a company and doing their blog. Mm. And so I'm able to have something like that that's sort of constant so that I and flexible so that I can, you know, work on my dream of becoming a film critic and podcaster. Uh, and so it all works and I'm, I'm just extremely blessed. Well, that's awesome. Um, so I guess that we'll, we'll backtrack a little bit on, on something. (laughs) So when you're doing that, you're running a social media account for a different person. That's obviously Uh like you, that's a freelance writing type of thing. Mm -hmm. How did you get, how, how is that? How did you get into that kind of position to be able to do something like that? Yeah. So I have been blogging, uh, since 2007 is when I started my personal blog and I, I don't write on it all that often anymore. It's every couple months I'll post something. It depends on the time, but I used to be very diligent about the personal blog. Uh, but I, yeah, I started 2000 and it was actually 2008 started that. And so that was sort of my first step into the world of content creation. And then Uh, In 2014, I decided to start the movie blog because I actually tore my MCL. And Mm. so I was uh, healing and I couldn't really move uh, for about three months. (laughs) And so I needed something to do. And so I decided to review the Disney canon, which is something I'd always wanted to do before uh, Big Hero 6 came out. And so at the time, my website was called 54 Disney Reviews because that's all I was going to do. I was just going to review the 50. That's how many Disney canon films were there, there were at the time. Uh, and so that was the plan. And I just really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed writing about film. And I had done some writing in film uh, on my personal blog occasionally i would do a little review and it was something i always loved i loved reading criticism listening to criticism something that always interests me and so when i started up the blog i was just really enjoying it and it was such a a nice way to turn a very negative situation with a lot of pain into something positive yeah something every day to be excited about and so once i got better i just started reviewing other films aside from disney films because that's what i love and then i started writing for rotoscopers.com and uh that's been a great experience i i've been a writer there for uh for almost five years at the time i was working in accounting and i wasn't really loving it but it was fine it was you know job but uh i decided it was pretty cool because about six months before I changed, before this job opportunity came uh, open, I decided to really invest in the YouTube channel and make it mm-hmm. the best that I could at the time. Now I look back and I'm like, oh, those, those weren't very good, but it was the best I could do at the time. Yeah, I didn't even, I didn't even have a premiere at the time. I was, this was just on Movie Maker was working hard to make them better to make the videos better and again there were mostly unboxings but there were some movie stuff uh, that i was doing and uh, i about three months after i made that decision i hear about this marketing position that's opening up at the company that i had been working for 
And so I, I said, what the heck? Why not? Yeah. And I applied and it was a pay cut because it's part, you know, part time. And so I didn't have benefits, but it was such an exciting opportunity for me. And it's an interesting thing because I mean, I had no idea that would happen when I went into the interview, uh, they asked me questions about, about, uh, growing a channel and growing your brand and, and positive social media and all negative social media and all the stuff that I would have had no idea kind of what to talk about. And, uh, if I hadn't have made that decision six months earlier to, to kind of work harder on my YouTube channel. And so I was really grateful and I got the job Wow. And, uh, yeah. and then, so ever since then I have been kind of doing this back and forth, right, right before, uh, the star Wars movie, uh, before force awakens came out is when I first started doing, uh, was, that was really my first podcast, uh, oh, wow. where awesome. my friend, Jeremy, Abby and I, yeah, we covered all of the star Wars movies leading up to force awakens. And it was so much fun. I've, I've slowly kind of inched closer and closer to, to podcasting over video editing, mm-hmm. over edited videos, because you can you just have so much more freedom. And yeah, I so think I, I excel at it better. And it's just so frustrating because so much of the edited videos that I want to do, you can't do because of copyright and other things. Yeah, I've definitely been noticing that too as i've slowly been going into podcasting i think this is like my seventh little daily notes episode here and uh-huh. just noticing that like man, i'm enjoying the editing i can get done with these little podcast episodes yeah. so much faster edit the heck out of my videos and i would pump try to pump out as much as i could but then it's like some of them would hit some of them would not and yeah of course there's that there's that point where you get discouraged and it's like man that I worked really hard on that. Why? How did that happen? That didn't hit for whatever reason. Yeah. So and it can be frustrating, and it, and I I do think that a lot of it is very random. It it is. Uh, I'm sure that somebody has it all figured out and has the yeah. a science to it more than I do, but uh, I think a a lot of it is just creating a lot of content. Yep. And then figuring out what people like and uh, people like me talking about Hallmark movies. Uh, so, yeah. I, I mean, if I was probably smart, I would just do the Hallmarkies podcast, but I really love talking the animation, talking the, uh, and I have, am able to make it all work. So yeah. yeah I'm happy. There's those like little niche categories that, yeah. niche topics that always seem to like there's always a market for something like even if you don't because uh-huh. it's a lot of people right now as i know when i first started I, I knew a couple people but i was just doing like some newer reviews and and then i did like this thing called we do on almost sideways we this thing called power rankings which is like just doing a top five list right so uh-huh. i started doing top fives and then shortly after i did that i met sean chandler and uh-huh. of course he's he he started then he started doing some ranking videos as well and his yeah. they took off and of course you want to i was like okay well i maybe i can change it up instead of just doing top fives i'll just do like ranking of different franchises as well and, and then all of a sudden shortly after like obviously you see that's really popular everybody starts doing it and so it's there's not really a like a niche anymore everybody's just starting the same thing yeah. so you just get an overwhelm of people doing the same kind of projects but 
when you're you find like a little niche little thing that's that's it makes it unique and different and you have a different voice like the hallmark yeah. thing i would never have that's not something i've i've ever really watched hallmark movies but there i know people do watch them because they make so many of them yeah people love them and so when you're just dedicated to talking about like animation or hallmark movies it's like people love just that that niche um, content that's totally different than what a normal film reviewer is doing. Yeah, and there certainly has been competition that is part as has popped up since we started. Uh, but uh we are the only ones that that cover everything, that cover yeah. it all, including uh all things rom-com and holiday uh outside of Hallmark. I mean, we we literally we cover it all. And I, and I, I think that what makes us special is that we bring a, the lens of a film critic uh, to, to these, these, uh, you know, somewhat silly movies uh, that, uh, that I, that's sort of my, that, that the other co-hosts kind of take that for me, that we're not here. We're not just a gush podcast which is fine like that's uh, that's a choice but that's not what i what i believe in for my content i want to have critical analysis i want to discuss i want to talk about uh these movies and uh so you know we have all different kinds of episodes and discussions and i'm just i'm super proud of it i i love it and i'm so grateful to the uh the amazing women who uh work so hard volunteer to make it all happen and uh you know that's been a great experience it's and you know people are like how do you make so much content (laughs) and i i don't i don't do it all myself i i am uh, very fortunate to have such an incredible team to help me uh but also i just love it and i don't really do anything else i don't have family i I mean, as far as my own, I don't have, I'm not married. I don't have any children. And I, I really don't do almost anything that doesn't directly impact my content in some way. Mm-hmm. I, I, uh, it's either watching something for a, a review or a podcast, or I don't watch it. <laughs> I just don't yeah. have time. I don't, I don't watch sports at all. I don't watch. I mean, the only thing that I watch that's like non-podcast related is Chopped. I watch Chopped on Food Network. Yeah. That's my only show. Everything else is for the podcast, but I love it. I absolutely love. I love it. Happy work. It's a happy obsession. Even at Christmas, it can be a little overwhelming. Yeah. You know, last year I watched 115 Christmas watched and reviewed. 115 christmas movies wow new and uh and that was intense that was a very intense experience but it was great it was awesome and and that's just my personality is to really dive into a project and kind of have it sort of consume me but but i love it and so it's been great Hey, if you're doing this, if you're doing the thing that you love, then yeah. there's no problem whatsoever on that. That's awesome. And mm-hmm. who would have thought there's 115 Christmas movies? Well, now were those all like 2019 releases, or that's just embodied? Yeah, new, 
Those are new 2019 Christmas releases. Some in the theater. Christmas some, yeah, some uh, at, uh, I mean, most of them on television. But yeah, there's Hall- Hallmark and Lifetime. Just the two of them made almost 70 of oh, that 150. Wow. And then there's Netflix, who had, uh, I think, 20 some something like that 15 to 20 i can't remember there were channels like the own channel had three up up channel i think had 10 last year uh you're saying these channels and i have no (laughs) idea what these channels names yeah and there were like so there were some released in theaters yeah uh there was disney plus had a couple oh yeah Uh, i can think of noel yeah noel and lady and the tramp yeah so it it's it's an adventure but i love it i think it's it's great yeah that's awesome <laughs> and it, it's gonna be really interesting because they've basically made the same commitment this year for as many movies and they are working so hard and i i'm very curious to see if they can be able to pull it off well you heard it here first folks if, if <laughs> all marks does not hit that number Rachel is going to riot. It's going to be, it's going to be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know how they're going to pull off 40 Christmas movies this year, but that's, that's hey, what they said. So we'll that's see. Gonna be, that's going to be pretty awesome though. That, that's so interesting. I, I would never yeah. have guessed that these certain niches that people like you yeah. get into and you just yeah. realize there's so much extra content. <laughs> like, and, and it's funny because to some people it's like, well, they're all the same. And I'm like, no, they're really not. Like once you dive into that world, you, there's big differences between the good ones and the bad ones. Yeah, uh, once exactly. you, once you uh, watch them all, but I'm a completionist at heart. I had, I don't know. There's just something, there's something really great about whatever it is looking watching all of it and then looking back and being like wow you know what are the differences it's it's kind of one year i did a um scrooge month on my blog this was Mm -hmm. 2014 i did scrooge month and i watched 35 different versions of christmas carol and (laughs) and that's my personality that's who i am as a person and I just find it fascinating to look back at 35 different versions of the same story and to see all the different ways that it is told with all the different styles and mediums and directing choices. And to me, that's really fascinating. I love that. And it's kind of the similar thing with these Hallmark movies is yes, they, they tend to follow certain formulas but to me, it's interesting to kind of look at them as a package and say, okay, you know, how, what are the different, the, the different nuances that maybe other people wouldn't notice? To me, that's interesting. You mentioned the Hallmarkies podcast a lot. I know that yeah. when you started that, that kind of opened up doors because you were like, you, like you said, you're one of the first people, you have some competition. I don't want to start a, yeah. a turf war, but who <laughs> owns the Hallmarky stuff? But no, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I know that that kind of when you started that podcast you know that um opened up some stuff for you you were actually actually interviewed people who worked in these movies as well by mm-hmm. starting this yeah well i had actually done a number of interviews for rotoscopers for the okay. animation side of things and that was amazing i still do I actually not that long ago interviewed uh, the directors of the Netflix film Animal Crackers for Rotoscopers. Oh, okay. uh, so I'm still working. I mean, I'm still work, uh, 
writing content for them and doing interviews. So that had kind of gotten me started. And uh, we, we started the podcast just kind of on a lark because my friend Amber and I had chemistry and we thought it would be fun. And, uh, and so we did, it was originally on my channel and then it was so popular that we, we put it on its own channel and in 2017 and originally we were just going to kind of sporadically cover the uh, the um films uh and then it became more and more and more and uh we i was talking with a writer online and her name's nina weinman and i said that i struggled with the ending of one of her movies because anyway she'd seen me tweeting about it and i said well why don't you come on the podcast we can we can talk about it that would be great and and so she did and we had a great experience and she's actually now we'll just had her on again i just interviewed her we'll have her on again in september uh so we'll have had her on six times uh, now yeah so she's amazing love nina and so that kind of got things going and then our first like celebrity quote-unquote that we ever had was uh was paul campbell the actor paul campbell and and amber was a huge paul campbell fan and uh i at the time we were posting these instagram posts about were different movies classic hallmark movies on our instagram and we're putting our scores and i'd given one of his movies like a 3.25 out of five mm-hmm. so pretty high like a positive score but still he was he was being saucy with me and he's like ah, how, how dare you you're gonna give it a 3.25 and i said well, why don't you come on the podcast and, <laughs> and uh and and he ended up coming and and that was really fun and really memorable and uh, i feel like sort of once you get the ball rolling then uh then it it uh it kind of goes and and now luckily ann uh co-host ann she handles all the bookings for for the podcast so i don't have to deal with all of that and so she's she contacts them and pretty much every monday we have a uh an interview and that's been really fun to to talk to people about their life experience i always start out what inspired you to become whatever it is that they are uh i i've had lots of actors and some of them really small uh performances like that you know maybe they have a line or two and to get to talk to them about being a working actor and what yeah. that's like has been really fun. And I mean, and then I've had some of the bigger, bigger stars. Like I, I got to briefly interview Danica McKellar and that was pretty exciting. I, uh, Autumn Reeser, I, I got to interview her, uh, Chris, Chris Paloha. These names probably don't mean anything to people outside the Hallmark world, but I was like, I don't know who that is. Yeah. I interviewed Eric Mabius, who was on Ugly Betty. So that was kind of, that was fun. Uh, and, and I've interviewed some directors, writers, producers. Uh, and it's been great. It's been a really, really wonderful experience. And I've also been able to interview people still over at, uh, on the animation side. And also at Rachel's Reviews, I, I, I was able to interview Nick Park who is the creator of Walsh and Gromit. That was an amazing experience. Yeah. And, uh, and then a lot of every, this is the thing, man, people always like, what's your favorite interview? I'm like, I don't know. I love, I I love everybody I've been able to talk to. I think that 
that's the thing about me is that I am not very objective about my own content. I'm not somebody who's, some people, they have a hard time listening to their own content because they're really critical of it. I'm the reverse. I'm like, oh, that was so fun. Yeah. (laughs) That was great. And I probably, as a business person, should be more objective and be like, oh, I could have done better there, better there. But I don't know. I just really enjoy uh, the the content. And I, I just feel so blessed to be able to talk with these people and and hear their stories and and what's really cool is when i have somebody who's anxious who's nervous about coming on and doing an interview and by the end of the interview they've enjoyed it and they're even they're interested in coming on again and that's been a great experience yeah i've heard that too i'll listen to another another podcast who all he does is interview wrestlers Mm -hmm. and and he says like yeah sometimes you don't think that the interview is going to last that long. And then all of a sudden they, they actually want you to have more time with you. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I enjoy talking to you so much. Yeah. <laughs> that's always, that's like the best compliment ever, especially with like, oh, I'm nervous. And then I'll actually want to come on again. That's like the best mm-hmm. compliment as like a person interviewing anybody could get. I, I would think anyway. And I think that one of the things that I figured out pretty early on is that we as adults, we have all of this information that we've acquired over the years. And once you become an adult, nobody cares about all of that information. No one wants, no one's interested in what we have to say for the most part. You know, it's like you have your particular role in your family, in your job, but it feels good to have somebody care about all of the stuff that you know about, you know, that somebody, if I have somebody on my podcast, that's an expert on Star Trek, let's say, or whatever, that feels good. It feels like, Oh, somebody cares about all this stuff. I know about Star Trek, you know, or somebody values my opinion. That yeah. feels good because we're just not, we don't get enough of that in, our uh, our kind of daily life i think as as adults once you get out of college that kind of intellectual stimulation yeah, goes and away and it's a little bit of validation too it's mm-hmm. like oh wow somebody actually is like that thinks that's like really awesome that i know so much about this as well and that's yeah. that's that's pretty cool so uh, that's why i try uh, to treat every oh. guest that i have as as sort of a special expert on whatever it is and that i'm really lucky to be able to talk to them because that's how i feel that's awesome uh i know i know you have another podcast too which is uh the criterion uh Mm -hmm. podcast you just talk about you got you guys are going through the criterion collection (laughs) and watching different movies and stuff and yeah yeah so this is actually called it's called the criterion project project and it's just once a month sometimes twice a month if we have time uh so it's more of like a spinoff of Rachel's reviews. Yeah. And I just started it because I had subscribed to the Criterion channel, their streaming service. And I knew that if I didn't have something kind of motivating me, I wouldn't uh, use it as much as I should. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so my friend Conrado uh, is, I knew that it was something he would be interested in. So I approached him and uh, yeah, we've been doing the Criterion project for over a year now and that's been really fun uh and i it doesn't get that i don't that not that many people listen to it but we enjoy doing it 
And uh, I, I think it's a fun podcast because him and I are so different. Yeah. Uh, and I noticed that too. When I, I, I've listened to several episodes of movies oh, I've good. watched. I've definitely noticed there's cr- contrasting uh, there's little differences. <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean, just in almost every way we're different. We're very different politically. We're very different life experience wise. We're very different taste wise, except for we both kind of love romantic comedies so i think that's where and we both love animation so that's where we kind of bonded and we both respect each other's opinions and and to me that's what's interesting like i i again i'm not really interested in having a gush podcast where i don't think it's that interesting to have to listen to a podcast where people just love everything um and have the same opinions like that's Mm -hmm. not interesting to me to me, having a, people that disagree and have a discussion, that's what's interesting to me. And I think that sometimes these uh, criterion releases are sort of put on, put on a pedestal that they're not, uh, they're untouchable. They're these auteur, you know, whatever. And so what I like to do, what we do on our uh, podcast is we, we talk about them, we get, share our opinions, and we have a pretentiousness scale, one to ten. <laughs> with how pretentious the movie is for, for a criterion. So that's really fun. And uh, yeah, it's great. I love it. I loved, absolutely love doing it. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, one more one I want to talk, touch on. Uh, are you familiar with a cameo by chance? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So I was on cameo looking at like different celebrities who are on there just cause see, I'm like, Oh, that's kind of cool that this person's on there. Uh-huh. And I came across one. I was like, this is one I would like to get, but unfortunately, it's like five hundred bucks. Yeah, uh, and that is Fran Drescher. Oh, I know. I would die. I would. I would love if anyone wants to make my day. Give me the cameo, <laughs> Fran cameo. Uh, to oh, be honest yeah, with you, I, I was like, Fran. I saw that. I told my wife, and I was like, Ar- Arlette, we need to get this for Rachel for her friend cast. <laughs> and then I clicked on. I was like, uh. uh I enjoy Rachel. I'll just, I'll just tell her the That's story okay. that I thought about doing it. I'd rather have you, rather than do that, I'd rather have somebody, instead of spending the $500, I'd rather have somebody support the Patreon or yeah, like that. I know what you honest. mean. Yes. Uh, but um, yeah, I, lo- I do love Fran. And the, the whole Fran cast, it came about because it was something I always wanted to do was to do a podcast on the nanny. But I just didn't feel like I had time. Uh, but when everything got shut down, I was like, well, I have time. Yeah. <laughs> so why not? And my friends, Colleen and Larry, were up for it. And so we have so much fun. It's probably maybe my favorite thing that I do, even though it it's, hasn't... I It's sort of frustrating because... It, I thought for sure that sort of the listeners for Hallmarkies podcast that were listening to the Francast because we had about the first seven episodes or so on there, and then we rolled it over to its own thing. And I thought that they would roll over that those listeners that were listening to it before would keep listening because, uh, but but it really hasn't proven to be the case. But I don't really care because I have so much fun doing it. And hopefully, I, you never know when something yeah. will just take off. Because I think it's a really good product. And, and I think that, uh, that uh, the, uh, 
that if the right people listen to it, you know, if you just get lucky, you never know. But, uh, but I love doing it. And I think it's really fun. What we do is every week we review three different episodes of the nanny mm-hmm. because they're just 22 minute episodes. You can't really have a whole podcast, just about one episode, but we do three episodes uh, we talk about it and we talk about her fashion in detail, which is fun. And uh, I've gotten a whole new appreciation for 90s fashion. Yeah. <laughs> through doing the good podcast. Fashion. And I love it. I, I, I really love doing that podcast. It is so much fun. And, and it's, it's very, very easy. I mean, we just talk for an hour and then it's, it's a super easy podcast to edit. So that, that, it's just a joy joy to do well one thing that because you're being you're from utah one thing that i know that the guys terry todd and zach who are also almost sideways uh, podcast mm-hmm. and website uh, i know one thing we've always wanted to do is go to sundance and i yes. know you've been there several times and you're fortunate enough to live pretty close to it, uh, where it takes place in mm-hmm. uh, how was your experience this year at the sundance so i've been four years in a row to sundance uh, and I, this year it was, it wasn't as, this year it wasn't as positive as the previous two years because mm. the main difference was that the previous years I got, I managed to get the all locals pass, which meant that I could go to any movie that I wanted to see. Uh, and uh, I, in this one, I got the, it was called the grand pass, which meant I can just go to movies on the weekends at the grand theater. Mm. Um, but then I got a regular ticket pass for the, and for the, um, for the rest of the week. And that's way not as good because if you, you might pick the wrong ones. And it's nice thing about having the locals pass is if you hear buzz about something, you can just go and you get right in line, you get right up to the front. And so I'm going to do, well, they're not, I don't even know if they're going to do it this year but if they do it i'm going to make sure that i have a locals pass the next time they have the because uh, it was not as good and i ended mm-hmm. up seeing stuff that wasn't as good it was just i just felt and i felt like i had kind of bad luck and there were things the the, the that sundance did that frustrated me a lot like oh. for instance the grand pass uh, the first and last movies of the festival was the Taylor Swift documentary at the Grand. So it, may, it meant her documentary took up two spots. And yeah. guess when that documentary came out? Friday of Sundance on Netflix. On Netflix. And it's like, yeah. I could just stay home and watch this. So it literally is taking up three spots. <laughs> like, what? it didn't need to take up either spot that's ridiculous. That was very that is, irritating that is bad planning i think and what and it, it's frustrating because a lot of the sundance content has been kind of co-opted by netflix which is a little frustrating netflix and amazon mm-hmm. uh, and you know like I, I was sort of irritated that the sheer uh timmy failure got premiered at sundance and it's like I loved Timmy Failure's movie. I thought it was the cutest movie. But why is Disney having a movie premiere at Sundance? That is absurd. Yeah. Sundance is supposed to be like the the when I think about Sundance, I think about somebody making a movie out of the back of their car with, you know, their friends and like small yeah. in, you know, people that need that platform as opposed to 
a million Netflix and Amazon movies with the big stars. Yeah. Like, so that's a bummer, but it's still a really cool, even in a less successful year, which this year for me, there was only a couple movies that I loved. It's still a great experience because uh, you just get to be immersed in movies for two weeks and there's nothing like it. I mean, I saw over 25 movies in 10 days is, is really uh, a, a, just an intense experience and I, that I love. Yeah. And when you do see a good one and you walk out and it's just like, yes. And yeah. you feel like you have this sort of jewel of like, I saw this before anybody else. And then you post your review and you just can't wait through the whole year till like, I'm still excited in October. Two of my favorites are, are coming out with a, a comedy called save yourselves mm. which was very funny in my opinion it's about this couple that uh is uh is addicted to their phones you know the whole thing so they decide to go and uh, go cordless go they decide to go uh technology free for a weekend at their friend's cabin and while they decide to do this there's an alien invasion <laughs> oh my god i've never heard about this movie yes yeah it's so funny. It's very, very funny. And the, and it's a really cute relationship. I really liked them as a couple. So I highly recommend that. That's coming in October. And then also a movie called Dick Johnson is Dead. Oh, it's wow, okay. a, a documentary uh, about uh, with fantasy sequences where uh, the, the director, she, uh, she kind of, tried to deal with her grief in advance like her father isn't dead but she tried to imagine what that would be like and what it's going to be like as her father starts to become older and lose his memory and things like that and it was so sweet and her dad is so wonderful and i loved him so much and, yeah. and i it's that's coming out uh, on netflix in october and i just i, I cried and cried and i loved it so i highly recommend that uh and it's just that's a great experience i also really enjoyed palm springs which has come out uh already yeah, uh hulu. on um hulu and the those were my favorites there's a movie called nine days which oh. i don't know when it's going to come out uh which is interesting about this sort of way station the afterlife mm -hmm. where you have to kind of look at uh, look at your life and uh, what uh, what what you ended up doing with your life, and if you need to come try again. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it was it was that was really good. that was a good one. Uh, so anyway, there were there were still a lot of good stuff, even though it wasn't quite as good as years past. Years past, yeah. I'm, that's awesome. Though. That's still it's, even though mm -hmm. it's not as good as years past that's just that experience is mm -hmm. it's it's still a worthwhile experience oh I, yeah i think right yeah it was a really great experience and nice. something i treasured since you know was so i was so glad that i was able to get so many movies in early in the year so to kind of hold me over when i was yeah who would have thought of the movie that coming, though. yeah <laughs> exactly yeah one of my most anticipated movies of this whole year now is nine days uh because uh my <laughs> hollywood crush winston duke is in it <laughs> yes and he's great in it he's great I, in it and it has if you're a marvel fan it has benedict wong in it 
Tony Hale's in in it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to that movie. Save Yourself sounds fantastic. All the movies yeah. you just explained are fantastic. So we have a Talking Disney podcast as well. Where mm-hmm. It's a probably a spinoff of Rachel Reviews. Yeah. Just once a month again. Once, yeah. I mean, we've been doing a little bit more than that lately. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, just once a month, my friend Stanford and I, we talk about one of the Disney canon classic films. And we have been doing it by random number generator. Uh, so I like that because if you do it chronologically, you end up in these spots where there's not very many good films for like a long time. Yeah. That's and true. so I wanted to kind of spread those out. Yeah. And, good point. Uh, yeah. So like this next one we have coming up is the little mermaid and the week after the, the one, the month after that, we, we have make my music from the uh, package films. And so kind of, mm. you get a little bit of everything. And, and we actually just recorded our 40th episode. That's uh, awesome. We just posted our 40th episode not too long ago. So uh, that's that cool. that's pretty exciting. And uh, I love doing that. I love talking about the movies with Stanford and, and yeah. so I, you know, I love animation. I love, I love Disney. And even in the, one of the great things about podcasting is even the the less successful films are interesting to talk about usually. Yeah, exactly. There's so much uh, different things you could talk about, in, especially in podcasting form, which mm-hmm. is a lot of about fun why they that. don't work, what's going on with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's 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 fun. How about those live action remakes? Are are you buying Mulan? <laughs> Um, I think I might share it with a friend, uh, and make it accessible that way. So we'll, we'll keep our distance and we'll be able to split it that way. So I'll be able to post my review. I wasn't able to get it as an early screener. So I, uh, yeah, but I will, I would not be buying, uh, buying it in the, in, in any way if it wasn't the fact that I'm a critic and especially because I cover animation. So I feel like I really need to cover it. I, I, I don't know. We'll see what I think. I've, I've liked a few of the live action mm-hmm. remakes, Same here. but Same here. for the most part, they're not my favorite. I don't really enjoy them very much. And this one looks interesting, but there's things that concern me. Um, but at least they're trying to do something new. So yeah, they're not just read. That is true. They're not just copying uh, the original. What has, what has been one of your favorites so far of the live action? Well, I loved Mary Poppins Returns. It's yeah. not actually a remake, but it's a sequel. But I loved it. I thought it was so good. I loved the songs, and I, I, I just thought it had a wholesome uh, feel to it and appeal to it that you don't see very often. So I loved that one, and I also loved Pete's Dragon. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, which I actually think is much better than the original. I'm not that big a fan of the original. Definitely. Um, I agree on that too. Uh, but uh, so that one was really special, I thought. And I liked Cinderella. That Cinderella, it helps because I'm not as tied to the Disney version. Like that's such a story that's told. I mean, every couple of years you have a Cinderella movie of some kind or another that's released. And so it was more just like a different version as opposed to a really a remake. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I also, which other ones did I like? I liked Jungle Book. I I think there's things I like about it. There's things I don't like about it, but for the most part, I liked it. Yeah. 
Um, and I, I particularly liked what they did with Mowgli, making him a more dynamic character. Mm-hmm. He's more interesting than in the original. Agreed. Uh, and so, yeah, that, that's probably the ones I liked. Yeah, I think my, uh, I'm looking at my letterbox uh, ranking of them. I think there's like seven, I put Mary Poppins in here as well and Christopher Robin, but like the 17, I think that's where they're, they're at yeah uh, total because there's also a jungle live action jungle book in the 90s too which can, can, I guess yeah can i actually haven't seen that and then the 101 well, Dalmatian ones too. yeah um, but the trend as a whole i hate i yeah, mean i run out of movies and and people well people are like oh well they they don't hurt the original you still have the original yeah but but they create a culture that uh that doesn't respect animation as an art yeah Uh, and that's my problem is that the overall the idea that live action is better or somehow an enhancement or uh and and yet none of these i don't think except for peach dragon i don't think any of these movies are better than the originals and (laughs) so I, I I think that the animation is beautiful and it kind of bums me out that a lot of times I feel like Disney is sort of putting down the originals in, a, in mm. an effort to puff up these new films with things like that. I mean, even in Beauty and the Beast, they flat out set it in the trailer better than the original. And I'm just like, why do you have to do that? Why don't you just sell your film as, as its own thing. Why do you have to say in the trailer better than the original? Just say and, a live action retelling. That's what they should do. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just a live action retelling that it's a great, you know, if they think it's a great movie, then sell it as a great movie. But I always feel like they, they, they there's a lot of language about modernizing, improving, whatever upon the originals and that there's this sort of disdain for traditional animation. And that, that makes me sad because I love animation and I love traditional animated films and it just, the whole enterprise just feels like a complete waste. Uh, Like there's just, why are, why are we, except for money? That's the only reason these movies are made. And and people say that, Oh, well they're making them for a new generation. That is faults i don't buy that for a second they're making them for the parents they're making them for the nostalgic parents of these kids they're not making them for the kids almost all of them they're made and that's why if you look at the merchandising which is actually for the kids it's almost always the original designs it's not the new designs yeah Uh, if you look at the park the characters and everything at the park, all the old stuff, not the new, not the new. If they were making, if supposedly these things were being made for the new generation, those would all be, you know, because the kids, that's what they're going to want, right? Yeah. No, no. And so these movies are just completely disposable and they make a ton of money and then nobody remembers them. I mean, does anybody talk about that beauty and the beast no 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 they no, talked about I, the I original saw it twice in theater and i i kind of like it but then at the same time it's like i like the original yeah so much like better. why who even if you liked it which i i didn't even if you did unless you're like a super hardcore emma watson fan everyone's gonna pick the original 
The yeah, original is exactly. way better. Why would you watch something inferior? Yeah. It, so yeah, it, it it's it's a just a waste of everyone's time. Yeah, I, but I it makes them a lot of money. So yeah, what are you gonna do? Yeah, yeah, I, I can understand them doing it to kind of to change things up, like what they did in Dumbo, where they took away out that that the ending with the crows and leading yeah. the tramp with the, the cats uh, and changing some things up about it. Uh, however, it's, it's completely not for that. <laughs> They're not doing it to change like yeah. some insensitivity stuff. It's, it's clearly for money and yeah. everything you said, I completely they, agree with. And the $30 just makes no sense to me. Again, if I wasn't a critic, why would you pay $30 for something when you can just watch the original that you know is going to be better. I mean, if people like it, it's not better. Like I, uh, than the original. Why would you pay thirty dollars for something when you can watch the original? Yeah, for free. I think, I think out of all the <laughs> Disney movies, the two movies are, are animated movies that would benefit a live action that would be really cool. Uh-huh. I, I've always thought this was Aladdin and Mulan, and now that we've seen Aladdin, it's like it was okay. It's, it's, yeah. I, I'm it's, a fan of Guy Ritchie. I like kind of a, some of his 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 uh, weirdness that he does, and I, it was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. It was certainly much better than The Lion King, in yeah. my opinion. Uh, but it still is not as good as that because yeah. Aladdin's like top three or four for me for the animated movies. Yeah, it's nowhere near as good as the original film. Exactly. So I I don't know. It's it's an interesting thing. I don't know. Maybe they could do something interesting with these live action remakes, but it's just hard when you have such beloved classic films. Like if, if you, uh, it's kind of a no win scenario. Cause mm-hmm. if you change too much, then people are upset. If you don't change anything, people are upset. It's just a fruitless enterprise. It's, you know, unless you have something that starts out not that great, like Pete's dragon, um, then people can do something really bold and interesting with it. Yeah. But they should just make know. the Black Cauldron movie and go from there. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> they should. That's right. Well, that's that's uh, the last like really kind of really thing I want to ask you. Really is um, you're you're official a film critic and you actually got recently. I think I think if I remember this correctly, is that that Rotten Tomatoes reached out to your hallmarkies podcast email mm-hmm. and asked you to be a critic i think I got uh, that wrong. no um so they they yeah they got that wrong uh they had reached out to me and offered for me to be a film critic they had read what i had written on rotoscopers okay, evidently okay but when they first reached out to me i hadn't applied at all mm. they reached out to me they liked my writing and they needed more female film critics i'm that's definitely not lost on me that they that i was a bit of a demographic push um but uh but anyway they reached out to me and i first thought it was a joke i i just thought someone was goofing on me because i had nowhere near the subscribers that you would need and uh, they emailed me actually twice <laughs> and then i finally was like oh wow this is real what right. and uh so yeah they got added to rotten tomatoes it's pretty cool that's so yeah pretty cool i know a lot of people <laughs> think that's a great thing but unfortunately um we're talking about you know it's being a rotten tomatoes critic that's awesome you get to have your say and dictate mm-hmm. certain things if 
you know, you like a movie, you give it a good rating, you like it, what have you. However, if you don't like a certain movie of a popular franchise. Yes, especially superhero uh, movies. This is where I get really frustrated. I got really frustrated with YouTube and kind of burnt me out a lot too, is that if you don't like a certain movie from a franchise or whatever, people will jump down your throat if you like it a movie or if you don't like a movie enough or whatever the case may be however i think unfortunately the experience that you've had with your sazam review um, is something that is the absolute worst of movie fandom i think yeah it was really intense (laughs) yeah um and i really i feel like just just this last month covering the dc fun uh fandom was finally my sort of final step in healing from that experience it literally took me that long uh yeah. to kind of fully recover but yeah i i i knew that my review would be unpopular as soon as i left the theater i was like oh great because i didn't really care for the film mm-hmm. um and i knew that it would be unpopular and an, an unpopular opinion. And I went home and I tried my best to kind of explain it. If I had to do it all over again, I would not have done it on YouTube. I would have done it on the blog because uh, YouTube's just so much more toxic than, yeah. uh, than the blog. Plus the WordPress blog does such a better job of filtering out trolls and comments and things. Well, basically what happened is i ended up i posted my video and then i turns out i was only one of three critics at the time to give it a negative review and i was the only woman and so there was a a site called of course the million comments came in and and that was fine but there was a site called f marvel tards that decided to focus on me and they tagged me and they said, you know, they, they told their people, we must make sure that she never reviews anything on Rotten Tomatoes ever again. Um, and uh, they came after me. And that's when I got a, a number of threats, uh, but in particular one saying that he was going to, uh, that, that my next, that I should never go to a screening again because he was going to show up with an AK-47 and shoot everybody in the in the screening so then i had to inform the police and then i the fbi and i had to inform the screening company uh and uh, and then they informed warner brothers i mean the whole thing was just insane mm-hmm. and super intense and uh you know i tried to get some help from facebook but they weren't very helpful they finally gave a warning to the guy and of course he comes back. I mean, I'm, I'm not communicating with this person at all, of course, but, uh, but he can see that I can see his posts. And so he posts and he's like, Oh, I was just joking. I was just joking around. And I'm like, yeah, right. Yeah. Maybe don't joke about mass shootings. Can we? Yeah. It's not, that's not a good place or joke anywhere. Any <laughs> shouldn't be a good joke. And uh, it was really, I, and I thought that I had very thick skin cause I had been, putting out content for a decade at that point and i thought that i could handle anything but it was overwhelming and it was upsetting and uh to to feel like your whole family is under attack your whole uh that 
and I was just crying and I hadn't slept for like two whole days. Uh, my brother came over and he got me to calm down and we watched a Hallmark movie together and so I was able to sort of relax and uh, it was, it was really hard. And uh, but again, I did realize who my friends were yeah. that helped me through that experience. And the, I certainly had more support uh, from all, all the people that I know on YouTube and Facebook and everywhere. And then in, in my personal life uh, to help me get through that. But I, I was pretty nervous uh, to post about anything, especially DC related um, but, uh, but I did have an unpopular opinion with, uh, Spider-Man Far From Home. And so that one I did on my blog and I waited a little while. I didn't post it right away and, and it was fine. I, I, I didn't give very much pushback on that. Um, and then I finally, just this last we, just this last week or so I posted my response to the DC fandom and that was kind of a big moment for me of kind of moving past yeah. beyond this experience and also I've been doing these female film critic panels once a month uh, where I invite different female critics to come on and YouTubers and bloggers come on share their experiences and that's been very therapeutic for me as well yeah that's um yeah, that I, there's no uh, way of justifying any of what you went through on that kind of stuff. It's it's really sad that a person can't share an opinion without getting, you know, other people attacking them. Uh, mm -hmm. I had no no experience nearly that bad. Obviously, I didn't have I didn't like Star Wars: The Last Jedi, but of course, I am an idiot and doesn't know anything about Star Wars. Um, right. <laughs> when I posted my video on that, and I saw it twice, but a lot of people were just watching the one time and posting the reviews. I went to see it twice before I even wanted to talk about it because I knew I I didn't like it. Um, right. First time, but still, it's like these fandoms are. Because the problem is, is that we have lost religion a lot in, yeah. in a lot of cases in our lives and so people are seeking that kind of that kind of purpose and that kind of group experience uh, that community and in the past religion provided and so when you criticize their their movie you're criticizing them and their tribe. And so then they are defensive of it. Yeah. And uh, so that's the sad part is that, is that people are, are so lonely that they are so that they are turning to these, these fandoms for their socialization and their, uh, and their enrichment in their lives. And, uh, and so that's what causes them to kind of lash out yeah. Uh, because they don't have purpose in other parts of their life. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's just sad. And when you, when you're in any kind of throughout history, whenever we, whenever we are in these group tribal experiences, it, that allows us to justify treating other people terribly. And mm -hmm. I'm not trying to compare what I went through with like true, you know, true persecution, but, uh, but I mean, that's how 
we we turn people into slaves and to you know that's how holocausts happen that's how horrible things happen is when one group finds a way to dehumanize another and another group or an, or another person uh and you feel support in that dehumanization because the whole group is all part of it right and it gives yeah. you power and and so and and the sad part too about all of this is groups like this f marvel tards group they thrive on on that kind on, on building that kind of animosity of building because the more they can do that the more money they make the more power they have the more loyalty they have all of that that's all i mean that's why you have people making 50 brie larson videos on you know on youtube or yeah. uh, i mean i can't even imagine how it was so difficult for me and i got nothing compared to what someone like her or ryan johnson or somebody like that has gotten or kelly marie tran I can't even imagine what that is like because it was awful and I only got it very small compared to compared to what they got for what they did and so yeah it's 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 tough it's a I don't know it's a it's a tough situation but hopefully we keep talking about it we can make things better yeah exactly well, I, I don't want to leave it on that kind of note. <laughs> I, I <laughs> yeah. Mean, one thing I think you just mentioned too is something that I think is one of the biggest things that do does need to change. Um, and that is having more uh, female-centric voices in the film community. Um, mm-hmm. And having those different voices and experiences shared. And um, so I, I think that's really awesome about mm-hmm. that um uh that you're doing that like that that female uh movie review like series mm-hmm. that you've been doing i love it so much and it, it's not that all women have a, a singular voice of course they don't we have a variety yeah, exactly. but i uh, i think there is some commonality between the female experience uh, and so that's important i think to share that's different from the male experience yeah. and uh, and that'd be true for any other kind of group that's yeah. going to be different than than I mean, somebody that is a a person of color that's a different experience and i i'm interested to hear what they have to say uh yeah. and to hear their their feelings and interpretations and and so, yeah, I think it's really important uh, that we hear this, the the critique and the the thoughts and the analysis of as many people as possible. And so it's been great. That's been such a wonderful thing to be able to do. And I just feel so blessed uh, to be able to do what I do. I'm very yeah. grateful uh, to, for my my job job that allows me to be able to do it. And I just love I love being able to uh, to escape in the world of film. And I think it's so cool because I love to read, but I also, I, I just love being able to experience a whole story in two hours of a film and being able to uh, 
being able to, in one day, I could watch six different stories if I wanted to, or mm-hmm. however it might be. And I, I just love the medium and I love talking about it. And I love the friends that I met along the way. And uh, it's, it's really great. Awesome. And I love how like a bunch of positive person you are and the outlook that you have and like how much you're giving to the community, this film community as well. So I, I want to say again, thank you so much, Rachel, for taking some time out of your day and just sitting down and having a, a fun conversation and to know you a little better. And uh, I, I really do appreciate it. Oh, thanks for having me. It was great. It was really fun to yeah. chat. If you guys haven't already, make sure you check out all of Rachel's uh, links down in the description box of this podcast. We are on iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, and I think Stitcher as well. I think that's what I have to say when I'm uh, contractually obligated to say at the end of these things. Uh, if you guys, this is your first time, make sure you guys leave a, uh, a review or something like that, or take a screenshot of us, of the podcast and tag Rachel and myself on Twitter. I'm at, yeah, that'd be fun. And Rachel, what's your Twitter again? Uh, you can find me at Rachel's reviews and, and on all of our social media. Rachel's reviews. Okay, perfect. Anyway, guys, uh, actually we always end this with a song. Rachel, what's a good Disney song to end the show with? Um, how about when you wish upon a star? There we go. When you wish yeah. upon a star for Pinocchio starts right now. When you wish upon a star, make no difference who you are. Anything your heart desires will come. Your heart is in your dream.